Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company, to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road, to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life. Because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after big, important news. With us today, I'm happy to have back already, Manash Kestenbaum, CEO and founder of Enthusiast Gaming, joined the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol EGLX, a pretty new listing to the TSX Venture Exchange, but they've come out of the gates flying. Just a little summary for those who don't know about the company. This is the fastest growing online community of video gamers. In the third quarter, they had their highest revenue quarter number ever, $2.8 million. That compares to about 660000 the year before. More importantly, year-to-date revenues, that's the first three quarters, $7.4 million, up 625%. They're cash flow positive and they're profitable. How are they doing it? They own about 80-plus gaming content websites, over 75 million active visitors every month. On the, on the real world side, they also own the largest gaming expo in Canada. In fact, they just had that at the Toronto Convention Center in October, where over 30,000 gamers show up. What do we talk about today? The company's last press release, Enthusiast Gaming, to acquire The Sims Resource, the world's largest female video gaming site, for $20 million US. That's not a typo. Manash, welcome to the show. Hi, George. I love being on the show, so... Thanks for having me again. Hey, happy new year to you, to you and the whole team, by the way. This is the first week back. Thank you. Before we get to the numbers, how big is this press release for Enthusiast Gaming? I feel it's, it's, a, it's a real milestone. It's something that takes us into like a whole new league. Every, every few years we have something of this nature. You know, I remember back when we bought Destructoid in 2017, we were like, can we buy Destructoid? It's one of the top 10 gaming journalism sites. Um, and we had to raise a bit of money for that, and, and you know, it was about uh, close to a million dollars. But now, you know, this, we like to step things up to a different league each time, and this, to me, is a tremendous accomplishment. We worked eight tireless months doing due diligence, negotiating, getting it through the hoops. And, you know, thankfully, we, I was able, I think at 2.30 a.m., all the lawyers were up, the sellers, art side, we signed, and, you know, we... We made history for ourselves, at least, in terms of buying the largest female gaming site in the world. Well, I'm glad to know that this isn't the first time you've really made a bold move, because that tells me, hopefully, there'll be other bold moves coming uh, in the not-too-distant future. But let's talk about this one. Let's get to the numbers. Uh, the Sims Resource, generating $7 million in annual revenue, $5.25 million of that in adjusted EBITDA. That's a huge number. First of all, how did they achieve this? How are they generating this kind, these kind of numbers? So they didn't do it overnight. They started this community back in early 2000s, and every single year it's grown. Every single year since it, it began, uh, until it became the largest Sims community online. And The Sims is the best-selling PC gaming franchise of all time, right? It's, it's 
people remember SimCity back in 1980s. It's only grown uh, this franchise. Um, it's catered more towards females. It's a much higher female demographic. So the site has grown to the point where it has, you know, uh, I think there's 2.5 billion page views. So it's just a beast. It's, it's massive, uh, the amount of ads running on there. So uh, they have two ways of monetizing. One is the ads, sheer volume of ads. And then the second way is they have some subscribers who pay $4. But when you have enough people paying $4 a month, you end up making a few million dollars from that as well. Um, and to us, that's quite interesting, the, the VIP subscription model, because we haven't really explored VIP subscriptions across the rest of our network. Um, but we see now that you, you only need a handful of users. You know, you, you might get 0.01% of your users to be paying you this VIP subscription. You end up with a few billion dollars when the, there are that many users. So it's very interesting to us how they accomplish this. Um, you know, the founders of the, of the company are now large shareholders of ours through this deal with the 2 million shares. Um, they're training us in and we've become very close friends in the process of the eight months of hard work together. So they're going to start teaching us how they've done the VIP subscriptions and see what we could do there for the rest of the company. So you mentioned earlier, you know, devil's advocate when websites, you know, social media communities are, are around for a while, you know, they, 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 they could fade off because somebody knew it's come off. It hasn't happened to TSR. I'll refer to as TSR. So we're keeping the city's yeah. resource, but are they still growing? And if so, what plans do you have to further monetize their network? What, what's, a, what's the twist that you're going to, what's the enthusiast twist you put on top of that to further enhance the, 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 the metrics? So in terms of growth, it's on the contrary. There's, there's no decline. It's literally, when you look at their traffic numbers, like, you know, plotted in the Google Analytics, you'll see every single year since 2006, steady growth year over year over year over year over year until, you know, we had, there was a month, uh, this year they did about 280 million page views one of the months this year. Wow. It's, it's getting, it's only growing. It's becoming a, a larger animal right now. And the same thing with the subscribers. Um, the subscriber base is growing month over month. Um, so the revenue is growing that way too, both through the traffic and through that. Now what they don't have, which is a huge opportunity for us, is um, back a few years ago, they used to use an ad network called Mode Media, which focus specifically on females, female fashion, female moms. It was all female based. Um, and Mode Media uh, was worth a billion dollars at one time. And unfortunately, they went bankrupt a few years back. But they used to monetize the site. And when they did, they did direct campaigns, uh, which were, you know, you know, they would have brands like from Unilever or Procter & Gamble who wanted right. to reach the female demographic. And they would pay large sums of money to advertise in there. Since Mode Media has, has shut down the past few years the main way of ad, of, of monetizing through ads was programmatic advertising they're just the basic marketplace the open exchange we saw that and we thought wow that's amazing if we layer onto whatever they're making right now direct campaigns as well then there's a whole revenue stream that's untouched in this in this um uh, besides for the traffic growth and besides for the subscription growth so i think um projecting out you know even if we kept it flat it would be a an ATM cash cow. But if you layer on top of that, the, you know, the opportunities for growth is enormous. So we're really excited about that. So up to tell it's either been direct advertising or programmatic. You're going to throw a blend in there now, both programmatic and, and direct and direct advertising. Yeah. 
And we also, we looked at our competitors this past week. We got from the Comscore, what kind of crossover of female demographics does this have with our competitors? And until now, if you look at Twitch and IGN, like our main competitors above us um, in, in total gaming reach, there's a, a certain amount of crossover because of the male demographic. But if you look at the female demographic with this site, it's suddenly, it's a new audience that wasn't accessible on those other brands. This is something we're exposing a very unique audience uh, in the gaming space to all the advertisers. So for us as well, that's something that gives us kind of a, a leg up, um, a competitive edge with our competitors like Twitch. Um, before we move on, I remember when Google acquired YouTube for $2 billion. Yeah. And I thought, mea culpa, that was crazy. I was like, $2 billion, they're never going to see their money from that. That's way yeah. too high a price. And I was way off. And YouTube is, you know, uh, it's worth tens of billions of dollars now. Do you see that same kind of future for this acquisition? I'm not talking tens of billions, but you've acquired this for $20 million US. Is it safe to assume that over the next five to 10 years, gaming and esports is only continuing to grow, and therefore female involvement in gaming esports is only going to continue to grow and accelerate? Is that what you see as a, strategically in terms of your fit into your growth plans? Yeah. We think we're, we're really, the whole company, we're really just positioning ourselves for a massive uh, growth within the market. Um, we see how large the marketplace is. The, there's so many gamers. The, the big brands, the companies, the investors are all just taking a look at it for the first time now. Um, I, I really think that it's, it's important to kind of position yourself and we want to be positioned um, in terms of market share, we've been gobbling up as much market share as quickly as possible and, you know, as aggressively as possible. Um, and also diversifying, you know, we bought the largest with steel media, we bought the largest mobile gaming um, network and events company. Now we just bought the largest female gaming company. Um, so all these different things are, are positioning ourselves for when that boom comes, when that frothy, you know, excitement around the space really hits its potential, we want to be front and center in that space. I want to take a quote from your press release where you said, quote, the sheer size of the TSR community is enormous, currently generating more than 10% of the total traffic of Twitch. I mean, that's monstrous. I didn't, when I read that, I fell off my chair. 10% uh, of the total traffic of Twitch, the world's largest video game live streaming platform. Um, how does that figure, how, how do, you, you, do you take some of that video power that they have and enhance that as well? Or have you, are you strong enough at video? How, how does their video power fit into your growth plans? So when I look at Twitch, first of all, we have a good relationship with Twitch. You know, they've sponsored our event. Um, the CMO of Twitch is on our advisory board. Um, so we have a good relationship with that. But their service doesn't conflict with our service. They provide a very specific service, which is people who want to watch other people playing video games. So if you want to kind of look over the shoulder of someone else playing, that's the main place to do it. But that's the primary thing you're doing on there. Um, it's not a way to kind of engage with others other than the person playing video games in front of you on the screen. Um, so I think that the services that we provide in our websites, where you're able to comment to other people, debate with them, create content, download content, it's a completely different type of a service. So we don't actually compete with each other. If anything, on some of our channels, we have our own Twitch stream that if you want to see the people on this site streaming, go onto Twitch and you'll see that as well. 
Um, and we have YouTube channels. You know, those are all just peripheral to the primary website itself. So we don't look at Twitch. Uh, while they are a competitor in terms of ad dollars, because you know advertisers could could decide where how they want to reach the gamer, um, but usually advertisers are looking to diversify across multiple multiple places. Um, so that's kind of how we look at ourselves within um, in comparison to Twitch. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about well, not lastly, or second lastly, I want to talk about about the fail, the female demographic of, of TSR, which is you know I went to the Sims Resource site. That's a totally different experience for me as a, as a guy. Uh, it's, it's you know great, but totally different experience for me. Do you see do you see some cross pollination going on there in terms of that female demographic? cross-pollinating over onto uh, your platform and your sites and your content, or do you just want to, you know, let them do what they're going to do on TSR and leave them kind of unabated? I mean, right now there's not a lot of crossover, but I think that we'd like to create more crossover by creating more content on our sites to that female um, focused content. Once you have the female gear, the, the content geared towards them, we're able to then, you know, do suggested content on the page that, you know, if they're, once they finish doing whatever they're doing on the Sims for the day, that they say, oh, let me click on this. This also looks quite interesting. Um, but uh, that's another part of the expansion, the strategic element uh, yet to come um, because we haven't had a, you know, our, our female demographic right now was 10 to 15% of the network. But now, you know, we've, we've, expo we've exposed ourselves to an entirely new audience. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, that was the next thing I was actually going to ask was like, you read my mind, you know, how big was the female demographic on the existing, you know, enthusiast property? So if it's at 10, 15%, you know, how does that factor, factor into your growth? Where would you like to see that percentage or realistically, where do you think you can get that percentage next two, three years? Because we know it's not overnight, but you're definitely going to work hard at doing some cross pollination. So we're, you know, what, what's a reasonable number to think you can, uh, you can uh, increase the female demographic by on your existing content sites? Um, it's hard to, to predict a, a specific number, but like, you know, in my opinion, I, I would expect it to, over the next few years, to move closer to 40%. Um, Makes sense. Look at our events. Our events are actually already 60-40 male to female. It's much healthier uh, split or a balance between the two. Um, and that's because the content there is appealing to, to female gamers. So I think that it's important that uh, across our network, we really start uh, focusing on this really important demographic that people forget about, but very, very valuable, very important part of the demographic. And, and we, we see it on, uh, growing. You know, it, it's important to yeah. kind of notice the trends, take the trends into, into account, and try and uh, be where the, as Wayne Gretzky said, you know, try and go where the puck is going to uh, versus where it's right now. Well, I think the, the real great thing about gaming and esports is unlike traditional sports where I was a volleyball player and I was, you know, 6'3", 220 pounds, and it's hey, really difficult for females to compete with me just on sure physical size, right? But the yeah. great thing about esports and gaming is it's a flat platform at the end of the day, so there's no reason why women not only can participate but dominate in esports and gaming in in the coming years so uh, yeah. uh you know, is it fair to say that this was a big bit a, a big missing piece of the puzzle for you and now you've got it and that's gonna really you know lift all lift all boats over there 
yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, a driving a very strong stake in the ground to say, you know, whatever Twitch is, whatever IGN has, we now kind of have become the dominant player in the female gamer space, um, which complements what we've already built in the rest of our demographic. Uh, and obviously the male side, it's, it's quite heavy, you know, it's quite large and substantive, the, the amount that we have already. But we just layered on a whole new piece to the puzzle. Last question. This is a massive deal from a funding point of view. It's $20 million US. Um, you've got to explain the structure if you can a little bit. And, you know, does it put a lot of pressure on the, on the balance sheet side of the company to get this done? Or is it going to be relatively routine over time as you kind of, as you kind of leg in on the, on the, on the compensation for, for the TSR group? So, you know, a lot of the, a large part of it is going to be paid from money we already raised. Um, so, you know, we raised um, 17 million, a little over 17 million in the past few months. Um, we weren't really using that towards uh, growing the operations. The operations have been pretty sustainable um, internally. We used a little bit towards the growth in operations, but we really were earmarking that for acquisitions. Um, so we've kind of picked how many big acquisitions we want to do, each of them being majorly accretive, assign kind of how we're going to use that in the, in the balance sheet. Um, and now we are actually in preliminary discussions with a lot of debt providers who are all, you know, when you have something that has a lot of cash flow, really high EBITDA, it's, it's much easier to lever in, in raising traditional um, bank debt or from private lenders. So we've already been in, in, in discussions with, with many of them. We're just looking for one of the best terms. Um, so it should, um, if we're able to close on debt pretty soon, it should practically pay for itself. Um, and we wouldn't have to do an equity financing. That said, you know, we're always opportunistic if um, we have 12 months till, you know, the, the next payment is due, you know, if, if share price is doing amazing, we'll probably be opportunistic about that. Um, but currently we're not looking to raise an equity round, um, nor do we need to. We're, we're, we're in a pretty healthy state. So well, Manash, that says that says a lot about you guys because there aren't very many small cap companies trading the TSX Venture Exchange or the CSE that could that could announce a twenty million you know, twenty six million dollars in a day when you factor in the exchange even more twenty seven million dollars. Who could who could say yeah we can pretty much handle that with what we've got right now if we need to? So hats off to you and the organization. I think that counts that points to the power. Uh, that enthusiast has got. I was going to end the interview there, but then you said something and something went off my head. And I'm sure pe people at, her at home heard it too. So yeah. I have to try to see if I can open that door where you said we had earmarked that money for acquisitions. So uh, I know you can't talk about what potential acquisitions may or may not exist right now, but is it fair to say that this is just the beginning of the acquisition hunt and in fact you're going to be leveraging your position as a public company uh, to make more acquisitions? Because I would think this really made waves around the gaming world. And there have got to be other great, you know, George's Gaming Emporium might be saying right now, I've got to team up with Minash and this team over at Enthusiast Gaming. So is it fair to say that you're hoping to have more acquisitions uh, in, in the rest of 2019? Well, I would say look at our trajectory of how we've been growing the company. It's been a large piece of it has been organic. Um, 
but we've made eight acquisitions in the past 12 months. Um, we bought Operation Sports after we went public. We just um, signed this acquisition agreement. We announced Steel Media. So um, I can't talk about any acquisitions that we ha have or haven't, you know, if we haven't announced it. But I would say that our strategy, as you can see, is to be acquisitive. So uh, I think that's all I would say about that for now. Yeah, and I, I love that from a business point of view because a lot of Agoracom people know that I'm very bullish on the world of esports. I'm not talking about stocks, I'm not talking about valuations, but I'm very yeah. bullish on where esports and gaming is going to go. So an, an aggressive acquisition strategy here in 2019, 2018, 2019, 2020, I think will will pay off big as far as the business goes in like 2025. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about what you guys are doing. Um, you mentioned Steel Media. It's just that this acquisition was so big, it engulfed this entire interview. Give us a minute on Steel Media because that's a mobile, that's a mobile acquisition. I mean, normally that acquisition on its own would be a big piece, but this was so much bigger. But let's talk about that—the importance of Steel Media and that acquisition. Sure. And what a home yeah. should know. So they are again, uh, gamers can be found in many different places, right? They could be on their desktops, they could be uh, on their phones. They could be playing a virtual reality thing. They could be on their TVs. So mobile gamers are obviously gamers that really are into mobile games. Um, now you have casual mobile gamers that are just, you know, they're playing Candy Crush and not, not much else. They're not doing a lot on there. And then you have people that are really into the latest mobile game. That's, it's kind of a passion of theirs. Um, those are what we always call the enthusiasts. We like to buy sites that are enthusiasts meaning that they fall on a spectrum of casual to mainstream to enthusiasts that are hardcore or passionate, engaged. They have a very specific interest that they keep on coming back to. So let's say the Sims resource is uh, for females who are very engaged with this kind of content. So mobile gaming, um, this Steel Media has about 20 websites. They have um, eight events around the world right now. They are engaged with all the big gaming uh, companies, you know, the billion dollar mobile gaming companies are all their advertisers, their sponsors coming to their events. Their mobile, they do the mobile gaming awards. Uh, they have the largest uh, mobile gaming event um, in the West. Um, so, you know, they, that's kind of their specialty. And to us, that's another really important thing is um, when an advertiser comes to us and says, hey, we're releasing this game uh, you know, Blizzard just announced that they have uh, Diablo. It's, it's, it's on Switch, it's on the PC, but it's also coming to mobile. So how do we appeal to them if they're coming to us to engage with those gamers? How do we have an offering for them in mobile? So we went down and bought, you know, the largest mobile gaming media and events company. Um, <laughs> and you make it sound so simple. How do we address this? Let's go buy the biggest, largest mobile events gaming company. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, what a great way to start off the year as a business. And, you know, we've this, you've already been on this your second time on and it's only been a couple months. So, you know, if, we're, if we have you on every single month, that means things are going great. So we're looking forward to having you back, Manash, as soon as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been watching Manash Kestenbaum. He's CEO and founder at Enthusiast Gaming Holdings. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol EGLX. If you want to find out more about the company, Get to Agoracom, punch in the company's name or stock symbol, 
read all the profile information you need. It's all helpful, summarized, nice and easy, to help you do your due diligence. And then uh, watch the previous interview we did with Manash. Engage in the discussion forums there. If you have questions, ask them. Uh, company principals will be answering them because it's a CEO verified discussion forum. Uh, and to me, that says a lot when the company is accessible online to answer your questions. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Talk to you soon.